Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where you can learn more about Downhouse School. We're looking forward in this series to focusing on useful insights and information for families joining us this September. In this episode, we'll be learning more about the health and well-being support available for your daughter. Downhouse has a dedicated health centre on site with 24-7 medical care available if girls need it. Our host, Simon Jones, speaks to Miss Gemma Palmer, nurse manager of the health centre, Mrs Justine Rigby, matron of one of the upper school houses Ashalt, and pupils Eliza and Tabisa in the upper fourth or year nine. So today we're talking about pupil wellbeing and their health centre in particular. But first of all, I'm talking to Miss Gemma Palmer. She heads the health centre. Uh, hello, Gemma. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm very well indeed, thanks. Very well. Thank you for being here and talking to us on this podcast recording. Um, tell me about the health centre. Let's just imagine that, that I'm listening to this podcast episode. I've got no idea at all what the health centre is, what it looks like or anything else. Just give us an inner snapshot what it's all about. Okay, so our health centre at Downhouse is a team of around 10 nurses uh, alongside that, we have four GPs that work with us during the weeks. We have four counsellors and a physiotherapist. So we are open to the girls here at Downhouse 24-7. So we're all through term time and then also on call during the holidays. And we provide the girls with all of their medical needs. So the girls become our registered patients and we cater for all of their needs that they may need when they're unwell. Okay, so so when you talk about them being unwell, obviously there there are some situations where somebody might fall over while they're playing outside. They they bang their knee and they need some attention there. What other kinds of things are we talking about though? So we would see girls from for things like that, or for period talks, for if they're being sick, if they have diarrhea, if they have coughs, colds, COVID, all those type of things. We would see them for. Okay, and 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 then how about more uh, serious things? If if there's a girl who's joined the school and maybe has an ongoing condition, then how how do you get involved in that? So we have girls here currently uh, with conditions like diabetes. So we would then take over their care from the time that they started with us uh, and look after them the entire time. So we would continue to have. Uh, appointments with them weekly and check in with them and work alongside their parents and the house staff to make sure that we're doing all that we can for them. I see. I see. Okay. And talk to me a little bit about about mental well-being as well. I mean, we, we understand that in 2023, it's very important to be looking after the mental health of, of, of all of the girls in school. Yeah. But is is that something that is a, is a recent thing or is is that kind of thing something we've just been overlooking in the past? So I've been here for 10 years now and I would say probably in the last four years the mental health side of things have has definitely increased and it's something we're more aware of. So we now look uh, at the whole holistic approach of a girl. So we look at her well-being and not just her health and we work closely with the school counsellors that we have here to provide the girl all that she needs. We try to make sure we have triangulation of care so it's us, the school and the girl's parents and we all work together so that the girl gets all that she needs. Tell us a little bit about the school counsellors. How do they actually get involved and what, what do they do? So, as I say, we have four school counsellors. We have three who work here on site and then one who is online. Uh, and they're here during the week for the girls. So if the girls do need to see a counsellor, they can either come to us or they can go to the house staff and we can arrange for the girls to see a counsellor during the week. And they have a 40 minute appointment time with them weekly. And that can be increased or decreased as they need. And then the counsellors then... That's uh, confidential, but the counsellors do talk to us if the girls feel that they need something shared and we can help them within the school environment. And how do you all go about encouraging the girls to take or to, to make use of the fact that the school counsellors are there I instead of them 
sort of feeling like, you know, maybe putting off getting in touch or not quite knowing how it works, therefore not not reaching out for any kind of help? Yep. So in every house, there is a notice of all the councils that are available and a write up for them so that the girls can see who is available and they can read that themselves. Alongside that, the house staff would talk to the girls about the positive impact of the counsellor. And if they needed even more, then they would come over to the health centre and we would sit and talk to them about the benefits of that. Often I say to the girls that if they are a little bit reluctant, that it's often good to try just one go and see how you feel. And after that one session, you'll probably feel that you, it's okay to carry on and have more. If they are not forthcoming and wanting to see a counsellor, then we can, the nurses will often see the girls instead. So something that's a little bit less formal for them. And we're happy to do that. I see. I see. Well, in a moment, we're going to talk to uh, two of the girls in school and find out what it's like for them. But one quick last question. What kind of typical questions do parents ask you when they've got any kind of thoughts or concerns about how, how their children might be looked after in school? So I think it's good for parents to know that there is somebody in the school that can look after their daughters when they're unwell. And some of our girls will be girls who live abroad usually. So I think it's good reassuring for their parents today that if their daughter is unwell, they can stay with us in the health centre. And also, I think for parents, it's quite a big thing for your daughter to come to boarding school and you don't have control of their health care anymore. So we make sure that we can maintain the lines of communication with them. So we keep them up to date of everything so they know exactly what's going on whilst their daughter's here with us. I see. OK, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Uh, well, in a moment, we're going to speak to Justine Rigby. She's one of the matrons of the boarding houses. But first of all, we have Eliza and Tabisa. So hello, both of you. How are you? Good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you for asking. That, that's, that's very kind of you. And, and which year group are you in? And, and tell me where you're both from as well. I'm in Upper Four. I'm a full boarder and my parents live in Abu Dhabi, so I'm international. I'm in Upper Four as well and I'm a full boarder and my parents live in London. Okay, right. So you're, you're both boarding at the school. And so, Eliza, your, your parents are, are relatively local. I say relatively local compared to Tabisa, whose parents are clearly in the Middle East. Tabisa, first of all, for you, quick question. What, what's it like being so far away from home when you're at school? At first, before I came here, like I, I was worried that I would be homesick. But once I was here, I felt like really comfortable with all the girls and especially the house staff because I knew that I could talk to them about anything. That made me feel like really at home and safe. And Eliza, do you, do you go back to see your parents quite regularly, given that they're in London? Yeah, I go home some weekends, but it kind of depends on the activities. So I'll stay in school as well. Excellent. OK, so you both said that you're in Upper Four. So just for the sake of people listening who, who don't understand Upper Four, which, which year is that in old money? Yeah, that's year nine. Year nine. Excellent. OK, so we've been talking to Miss Palmer about what it's like to have the health centre there at school. Tell me how, how the pair of you, without disclosing any details, of course, but, but how how you go about interacting with the with the health centre and knowing that you've got that kind of care there? Personally, I haven't had to, I haven't had the need to stay at the health centre overnight, but I have gone there to get shots and stuff. And honestly, they have treated us really well and I felt like really comfortable, especially because I'm afraid of needles, but I have felt like so comfortable and so happy when they did my shots so much better than so many other instances that I have had. 
Yeah, and if you want to like reach out to the med centre, you can do that through your house staff as well. So quite a lot of the time, if you're feeling unwell, you can talk to your matrons and they can make phone calls for you and let the med centre know if you need anything. Okay, thank you for that, Eliza. T- tell me more about the relationship that you have with, with the matron in the house. Yeah, we have two matrons, Riggs and Rog, and if you're not feeling well, you can come talk to them and tell them kind of your symptoms and what you feel like you need and they can help you like whether you need to go to the med center or have some like medicine or just like stay in house for maybe two periods or one period or something just if you need to. And I feel like the relation we have with them is built really quickly because I only joined this year and I immediately felt so comfortable to come and talk to them about anything I need and especially medical needs. I feel when you're ill, you can be like very vulnerable. And even at that point, I was happy to come talk to them and tell them if I need something or if I'm feeling ill. Okay, and then tell me a little little bit more about if, if you needed to stay overnight. I mean, how does that actually look? So from what I've heard from other people, they have a very good experience staying overnight at the med center and that they are taken care of very well. They have their own room, their own shower and bathroom, which is very nice since you don't have to share with other people. And they are like looked over for the whole night and the med center makes sure that they're not like left alone without someone to help them. Awesome. I mean, it really does sound sound perfect in there. It sounds really lovely, actually. Tabisa, just tell me a little bit more about house life. I mean, because the, the house that you're in, what, what, what does it actually look like? How many girls are there in there? And what sort of activities happen in there? I'm thinking that the people who are listening to this, quite often they've never actually stepped into the house, so they don't really know what it's like, what it feels like, what happens in there. So, you know, give us a more of an understanding about what it's actually like in there. Okay, so... Ashholt is quite a bright and loud and fun house. I think we have 57 girls in the house. And then all the year groups, like they all interact within each other. You build friendships within the year groups and also with the house staff. And you have like rooms with your friends. So it's very fun. But as well as that, it's a safe space for you to go to at the end of the day to calm down and have like some privacy and to do whatever it is you need to do. And how do you go about getting the balance between spending time with some of the other girls, but then spending time on your own as well? Maybe you're doing some independent work, you've got some homework to do, uh, or, or maybe you just want to chill out and spend a bit of time on your own, just sort of, you know, watching something on Netflix or something like that. How do you get that balance right between the two? Obviously, we can just sit in our rooms and just do our work or watch a movie. But also the school overall, there's a lot of places you can go to calm down, to talk to someone or to just do your work. So there is a divide between school time and your like free time, your alone time, and you're free to choose how you spend it. And I think the school facilitates anything you want to do in your free time very well. And Tabisa, you said that when you joined, you, you, you felt a little bit homesick. How old were you when you joined the school? Thirteen. 13. So that so, so that was relatively recently in that case. It was this year. This year. Okay. And Eliza, when did you join school? How old were you? I was 11. So I joined in year seven. So I've already been here for two years. Okay. All right. Right. Tabisa, tell us a little bit then about what it was like for you to join knowing that other girls had been there like Eliza from the start of year seven. Of course, I was like a slight bit anxious that like all the friendship groups have been formed and that no one will want to talk to me because I'm the new girl. But the second I got got there, 
Eliza was the first girl I met and immediately she dragged me to her dorm, started telling me about everything. She was like, oh my God, you're gonna meet this person and this person, it's gonna be so exciting. And like immediately you felt so welcomed and all the nerves that I had just like flew out the window. Lovely, that's really good to hear, Tabisa, thank you for that. Now, Eliza, when, when you mentioned about the two matrons, you mentioned, I, I think you called them Riggs and Rog, is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, they're called Mrs. Rigby and Mrs. Rogers, but I think all the girls like refer to them as Riggs and Rog, because that's just kind of like their nicknames. I love that. Well, and sat to your right, we, we have one of them, of course, uh, with us right now. So we've got Justine Rigby. So Justine, uh, hello, how are you today? Hello, yeah, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very well indeed, thank you, very well. So you're one of the matrons of the boarding houses and you're one half then, so you're the Riggs, I guess. I'm the Riggs of the Rog. <laughs> <laughs> Riggs and Rog, I love that, I really do. Tell us first of all, actually, what a matron does in a boarding house. So the matrons are in the boarding house from eight o'clock in the morning through to six o'clock in the evening. So there's always one matron on duty during the day. Um, we have a housemistress and assistant and also some of the houses have resident tutors as well. Um, but they have academic timetables. So we are always based in the house and we're creating sort of a home from home environment for the girls um, so that they come back to the house for breaks. But if they're feeling a little bit unwell, that we're there to look after them. We help them with laundry. Uh, we help them with any kind of issues they have, um, whether it's new girls coming in that, that they're sort of finding their way around. Um, we help with registration. Um, so our job is in, involves all sorts of things and every day is very varied. Okay, right. So when the girls there were talking about the health centre, I mean, to me, that sounds very sophisticated, very advanced for a school as well. Um, is, is that really what it's like? I mean, t tell us a little bit more about it. A health centre for us is um, a huge support. Um, so we're very fortunate. So if any of the girls come to us and they're feeling a little bit unwell, I can get some advice. So I we ring the house or we can email or a Teams call them, but we tend to ring through and ask um, and, and sort of give the girls symptoms, etc. But just support with any of the day-to-day -day issues, but also um, health issues, but also maybe mental health side of things as well. So any support that we need within the house in supporting the girls um, is available from the health centre. So we have a link nurse um, that is attached to our house. Um, so she will do a visit once every half term and then we can talk through any worries but any support we need. Uh, we have medication within the boarding house as well so we hold medication for the girls so that they're not having to go to the medical centre um, on a day-to-day -day basis that we can look after them in the house as if they were you know, potentially if they were unwell at home, we would do exactly the same thing in the boarding house. And I imagine then that before a girl joins the school, you need to find out if they're allergic to or they might have a bad reaction to any kind of medication. Yeah, so on um, enrolment um, and as they start, all the information is provided. We have um, the, the, the details, the details passed within the, the team. Uh, so we're aware of any sort of dietary requirements, any kind of health support that they need so whether they're asthmatic uh, and this is provided for any activities that the girls do so if they go off site we have a, a list register everybody will know um, if a girl needs their inhalers or epipens um, so we're all very much made aware of what requirements and what support that we offer the girls so we make sure that they have the epipens they need everything's in date as well so we check medications on a regular basis making sure that everything we have is in date and the girls have what what's required if we don't then we're able to get in contact with the health center and they provide the support and the um, 
the medications that's required. Now, Justine, all of us listening to this right now can probably remember back to when we were at school and there, sometimes there's a lesson you might not want to go to and an easy way out of it, at least when I was at school, was to say that you're not feeling well and then you could go and see the matron and be looked after there and of course you, you escape going to the lesson that you didn't want to go to. How do you discern if someone's trying to avoid a lesson or whether this kind of thing still happens in 2023, how do you discern if someone's trying to avoid a lesson or if they are genuinely unwell? Well, we get to know the girls very well. Um, so we know them individually. And I think that's the, the most important bit for us is to make sure that uh, we spend the time with them, which is why we have lots of things going on in the house, activities, the girls, we meet with them on a one-to-one -one basis as well, um, particularly house mistress and, and um, assistant house mistress as well, so that we're able to know their personalities and um, we know um, if they're unwell. Then also we're able to um, support them if they're struggling a little bit with a lesson. I think we've got quite a good relationship with them if they come to us and say that they really don't want to go to this lesson. Initially, they might say they're feeling unwell and then you go, well, actually, what's happening? Why, you know, what, what's wrong? And sometimes it's just the worry of academic support, which is then provided. So there are occasions where girls do come and sort of say, oh, they're not feeling very well. But actually, when you look into a bit more detail, there might be just a, a little issue or they're just feeling a little bit nervous. So we offer the support. Uh, we talk through what would happen at the lesson. We, we are able to email and message the teachers as well so they're able to in in turn support the girls um, into carry on and continue with the lessons where we can we try and encourage them to go uh, we don't want to be signing them off um, you know if they need if they've got a little bit of a headache we can give them paracetamol and and then send them off to lessons there might be occasions where they might arrive a little bit late but we can register them um, and let the staff know that we've got them and that they will be with them as soon as possible but the majority of the girls are quite confident and happy to come and talk to us uh, and ask and 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 just say actually I'm really struggling with this um, and then we we're able to talk through um, and sometimes we might need to walk them down to the lesson but the support's there for them. That support to me strikes me as being very kind of 360 support because I mean back in the day if, if a pupil was identified as actually being physically okay then they'd be booted off to a lesson go on off you go whereas this is much more along the lines of if, if, if they are actually physically okay and if they're saying that they're not well, then, then you, you explore why that's happening in, in, in the first place and then looking at the background there and then working with them, working with their teachers to find out what's really going on. Yeah, it's important to sort of take away their stresses and anxiety. So for us, you know, if we um, are able to understand why they're feeling like this, but also support them in it and for them to understand, because sometimes they don't even know why they're feeling a little bit like this. And it might just be that they've got a test coming up and they're a bit worried that, you know, that they maybe feel that they hadn't revised enough. But again, you know, we, we quite often just say to the girls, you know, give it a go. And then actually sometimes the tests will just show you where the little gaps of learning are and it's going to be OK. Um, so it's just about trying to get to know each of the individual students um, and getting to know them well and uh, offering the support across the whole of the board. So the academics, pastoral as well, and they're all linked in together. I love that. I really do love that. Now, Justine, uh, I, I believe you've been at the school for quite a long time. Is that right? Yes, yeah, so I've been at school for um, 21 years. So my role's slightly changed over the years, but I've always been in the pastoral side. So I started just working within the evenings in the lower school and I've been a matron in Ashholt for nearly 14 years. Gosh, right. So quick question then for, for you. And I, I'm going to ask Gemma the same question as well. What's your favourite thing about Down House, about school life there? 
I just like spending time with the girls, getting to know them, being part of the Ashholt team. We're all very passionate. Each of the boarding houses is very passionate about their own house. And um, for me, particularly, Ashholt is the house, <laughs> which is what we always say. And just spending time with the girls, getting to know them. And we do, I do lots of activities and things with the girls. We've been put, like painting the wellbeing room. And um, so having that quality time with them, um, particularly sort of the evenings where they're not rushing off to lessons and I can get to know them quite well. That's really good to hear. That's perfect. And Gemma, how about you? Yeah, so I've been here for 10 or 11 years now. My favourite thing about Downhouse is that it feels like you're working within a family. So everyone works together. So you know you can talk to anybody and we're all we all have the same goal, which is the girl. And there's something really special about watching a girl arrive at 11 or 13 and see her grow and leave then at 18 and how far she's come and having part of that process with her. That's great to hear. That really is. We need to bring this podcast episode to a close now. But Gemma, just wanted to say thank you to you for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you. And Eliza and Tabisa, thank you to both of you as well. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. And Justine, lastly, thank you to you as well. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. So that's it for this episode. To find out more, check out the school's website, downhouse.net. And our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.